Well, hello. It's great to be with you all. And I'm excited to get a chance to share with you. And as we continue in our good news series, the good news that I have for you is that we are part of a kingdom community. That's the word as I was preparing that kept coming on my heart. And uh, part of that came from being in our Leviticus series and then talking about what it means to follow a sacrificial savior. That often when we hear those things, we think, what does that mean for me? How can that apply for my life? God, what are you inviting me to? But then wondering as we're in this, uh, it's local teaching for a lot of our sites. And then we're getting to share those messages together to be able to say, what does it mean that I'm a part of a kingdom community? What does it mean that we are a kingdom community? Wherever you are, you're part of the body of Christ, this kingdom community. That's what we're going to dig into. How do we live that out uh, together? And as I was thinking about this concept and this idea of kingdom and the word kingdom, uh, a couple of questions came to mind. When you think about a kingdom, it's, there's some sort of authority and power. So who has that authority? Who has that power? And what is the scope of that power? And then there's this question of the intent of that power. Often the kingdom exists to serve itself and the, the authority or power <clears throat> is trying to get more authority and power. And there's something to this idea of, when you think of an earthly kingdom, the idea is to get more territory and geography. It's like, once we have this kingdom, how do we make it as big as possible? So you think of the Roman Empire, you think of the British Empire, it's about one point the sun never set on it, it was so big. And it was, how, how do we get this thing so big, but then keep control, keep the, the people under wraps and keep that power in place? But you contrast that with the kingdom of God, which the kingdom of God, it's about territory, but a different kind of territory. The kingdom of God is about relational territory. It's about this idea of God wants to see us close the space between us and him, close the space between each other so we can fully experience intimacy with him and intimacy with each other. And that to me is that picture of kingdom. As we talk about kingdom, it is, it's timely. Does anybody remember what happened kingdom related about three weeks ago? No? Coronation. So we had a coronation. I know it worked better a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> that was a day later, but now we can remember back three weeks. And uh, it, yeah, we, King Charles III and Queen Camilla had their coronation. So it was this big to do, right? And how many of you here, anybody, I'm guessing by your response earlier, maybe not anybody was up at 5 a.m., but did anybody jump up for that and watch history in the making? Yes, not every day you get a new king and queen of England, right? So I know my parents had a party. They had some friends over. My mom took lots of pictures of little decorations and treats. It was wonderful. I was sleeping. That's, that, was, <laughs> that was my jam. But uh, yeah, it was amazing to see this, this picture of this power, right, and this influence and this pomp and circumstance uh, just on display, right? And you see the, the bejeweled crown and the scepter and music and just a huge festivity, right? And when you think about the monarchy, I'm not trying to poo-poo the coronation or the, the monarchy. I know it's a fun thing for a lot of people, but these days it's not, it's no longer an empire. It's no longer the symbol of power. It's more of a tradition. It's more like continuing this thing that people have enjoyed and kind of means something to some people, but internationally, it's not the same thing that it was. So on the surface, you see all these people of influence and celebrities and everybody wants to be close and be a part of this thing. 
But then behind the surface, there's not much to it. It's, it's more of just a, a figurehead, uh, a con content continuation of tradition, right? So you contrast that earthly kingdom coronation with the coronation of Jesus, where on the day he was coronated, he was betrayed by his followers. He was arrested. He had an unjust trial. And then he was humiliated on the cross, given a criminal's death, stripped naked, and crowned with a crown of thorns. So you've got bejeweled crown, pomp and circumstance, and then you've got darkness and defeat. And so, but his coronation, although it looked like the lowest low, looked like, yeah, the end. We, we literally were murdering God. It's like, this is, this is over. Then you look at, so the surface, horrible, but you look at the depth. It's from that place that the seeds were planted for all of creation to be transformed and things to never be the same. And for Jesus' crowning achievement of the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit and this kingdom that will come in fullness. So you have those two contrasts. So it kind of begs the question of which kingdom do you want to be a part of? Which ruler do you want to be under? Which are you going to behold and let shape and influence you? So we're going to look at what Jesus says about kingdom. So if you can get your Bibles out. We're going to be going to Luke 17. And so, you can, yeah, on your phone, on the Bible, we'll have, have slides here. And so before we get into the passage, we're going to be looking at verse 20. But so Luke, as the, the author, the narrator of this gospel, nothing is in here by accident. So when you look back and see what's leading up to this conversation about kingdom, you find that he's talking about uh, he's teaching on forgiveness and faith and what, what Jesus said about those things. And then he's talking about healing. So he goes from uh, that to talking about 10 lepers being healed, right? And so it's, this is what Jesus is talking about. This is what Jesus is doing. And then you have this character, or these characters of the Pharisees, who throughout the book are the ones who just don't get it. Jesus is about this heart stuff and this, this kingdom transformation. The Pharisees are about the outward appearance and they're trying to keep their power. They're more of that earthly kingdom mentality of we want to grow our influence. We want people to follow us. You do as I do so I look and feel better and have even more, uh, more influence in our world. So they come to Jesus and they ask him this question. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. And that to me is such good news. Like we know that the kingdom is here now, but for Jesus to be like, when he was there before even his coronation, the kingdom was already in action. But it's evident, even from the Pharisees question that they're like, when is this thing happening? Like, what's the sign going to be? And Jesus is like, if you're missing it now, then you're going to miss it then. You're not going to be able to see when it's coming and manifesting. And when Jesus says, for the kingdom of God is already among you, another way that can be translated is, it's already within you, or it's already in your grasp. So he's saying, it's already here, and you can participate. It does, it's not something out there you need to look for. It's something you're invited into. So with this idea, Jesus is saying the kingdom's already happening. But then we know from uh, other places in scripture that there's also a part of the kingdom 
that's not yet, that Jesus is going to come back, that he's ascended, he's going to come back, and he's going to usher in this new heaven, new earth, the kingdom's going to come in fullness. So what we experience now is, is glimpses, right, is tastes of what we're going to see, uh, but not yet in its fullness. So flip with me back a few pages to Luke 13, because, yeah, there's, Jesus talks about the kingdom a ton. And one of the ways he does, because, as he said in that answer to the Pharisees, it's a hard thing to grasp and to see. So he doesn't want to just talk about what it's going to look like. So he, instead he uses stories, he uses parables to give illustrations to be like, okay, maybe this will be, that, this is the part of your brain that's going to be able to grasp kingdom when you hear it, more than me listing facts about what the kingdom could be. So we'll start in verse 18. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. So again, he gives this picture of kingdom. So it's, it's tiny, it's almost imperceptible. You wouldn't think it's capable of much. But once it starts to grow, it becomes huge, it becomes powerful, it becomes transformed. So you've got this tree that starts a little seed, becomes so big, right? And it can provide oxygen, it can provide shade, it can provide home for birds. This tiny little seed does ma- has a massive impact. And then you've got this yeast, where just a little bit, without the yeast, the bread doesn't become bread. But that little bit can permeate everything. So Jesus is saying like this, just a little bit of faith, a little bit of kingdom goes such a long way. And so that's the invitation is for us to ha- take our little bit of faith, a little bit of kingdom and trust that Jesus is going to use it and multiply it. And how much more if we all bring our mustard seeds, if we all bring our little bit of yeast, then that kingdom is not just going to impact us, but it's going to ripple. And we're going to be part of ushering in that not yet kingdom. So like I already kind of mentioned, the kingdom is this already, we're participating in it, we're experiencing it, but we're not getting the full experience, right? It's not yet come all the way. So it's beautiful and real and impacts us and resonates with us. But then there's these sometimes tinges, but sometimes big feelings of, oh, is this, is this it? Right? Or the brokenness, the pain that can come, the incompleteness. We're kind of in this tension of walking with both and holding both of these things in our current reality. So in some ways it's something we experience but it's also something, and we celebrate, right? When we, we give thanks that we're part of this kingdom and for when we get those glimpses, but also, but also having this yearning, this longing for more, right? And this, this thing in our hearts that says, oh, this is great, but it's not, it's not there. So how do we enter into that aspiration and say, God, like you've put this longing in me. How do I further bring your kingdom? How do we further bring your kingdom? And to always be on this trajectory, knowing we're not going to get there until... Jesus comes and it's here in its fullness, but that we want to be moving in that direction. So as I share of this idea of kingdom being this thing that we experience and this thing that we're aspiring to more of, I would love to hear what are your thoughts and ideas about what that has looked like for you or what you would hope that would look like. Let's talk about the already and the not yet of how have you experienced kingdom and how would you hope as a church that we would experience kingdom? And if you're tuning in online or somewhere else, you can get in the chat and share your ideas about that there.
So yeah, just shout them out. I'd love to hear what, what does kingdom look like? What words, ideas come to mind when I say that? Endless hope. Hmm. Friendship. Yeah. Being able to do life together. Yeah. Yeah, journeying together. I see it as mixing, like the seed within the soil and also the mixing of the yeast and the dough. It permeates into, so the kingdom is, I see it as a mixing. So what does that look like as a community for us to be mixing like that? that We have a part to be able to go and mix with Mm. and have the kingdom have an effect on what's around us. Yeah, yeah. I see mixing really strong in that. That's good. On the parable. Mm. I kind of see like with Paul, that mixing, to me, it's like the Holy Spirit. We come in, you know, community with each other, you know, where two or more of us are gathered and the Holy Spirit is present. And then we take the Holy Spirit out to the world when we're interacting, you know, and it's that that fruit of the Spirit, that that mixing that into the world and amongst ourselves, strengthening the Spirit amongst ourselves so that it's that love and the fruit is overflowing afterwards. Mm. That's good. Thanks, Rob. And in the journey, like you you were mentioning, it says it's like it is a journey. Like the seed does not grow right away. Mm. It's in the mixing and in the time. That's the now, but not yet. Yeah. That we're looking forward to for the tree to grow so the birds can actually nest. Yeah, it's not instantaneous. Yeah, growth and health and all that, yeah. How much I've changed. Hmm. Uh, I I do things now I wouldn't have dreamed of when I first got saved. uh, Very comfortable doing things that terrified me before. Hmm. How much my self-worth has been healed. Hmm. Yeah, it's that transformation, right? It starts from the inside, but then it transforms our actions, too. I just do things, and I don't even think about it. It's just, but that's, I get the seed and, and all those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Kingdom community, yeah? The already not yet is, for me, that translate as the kingdom of, of God is coming, but live today like it is already here. Hmm. Because God said, asking you should receive, but live like you, but something has been done to you. Yeah. So to live in that mindset and in our heartfelt, to keep these two coherent, that it's here already. Yeah, yeah, it's this hopeful message of, it's not something we're waiting for, because it is available, right? And it is something we're participating in. It's not just out there. It's like, but we're, we're going to close that gap, but we can live as though it's here and now and real, transformational. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, some other... Um, ideas that came to me was kingdom community is healing. If we could be a place where people can come and experience healing through Jesus and we can be wounded healers, um, then that helps us to heal together, right? And as we heal together, you grow together, you build those strong bonds that help you to journey forward. And even as I mentioned right there in John 17, Jesus, uh, or sorry, Luke 17, Luke's like, Jesus is healing. So pay attention. Like kingdom's already here. We just talked about healing. It's like, that's evident, right? That that's going to be part of our experience. The kingdom community is spirit-led, right? And we've been learning about that as a church, right? How do we not just talk spirit-led, but be people who create space to listen, right? And I was thinking to very closely related, a kingdom community prays with each other for each other. We, we ask God for each other. And we listen to God for each other because then how much more if we're listening together than will we listen and be moved as a community and go where he's leading. And then um, another, and yeah, the list could go on, but kingdom community is intimate, right? And a lot of us will nod and say, yeah. And a lot of us will say, 
Oh, maybe a little bit, but not too much. But that's, that's that territory, right? That's that closing of the space that God's inviting us to. And as we grow in our intimacy with him, we develop that trust and we grow our faith, then we'll be safe people to be intimate with and safe people to enter into intimacy and community as we grow. Can I add then, there's a certain mother-childness about that community, hmm. which you don't get even in an individual connection with God and the presence. Hmm. Or at least it's easier to find when you're with people that you trust. Right. Yeah, when it's incarnated in another yeah. brother, like, yeah, the spirit's in them, but then sharing that intimacy. That caring for another brings immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah. Color yeah. versus black and white, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'm aware that, yeah, even as we talk about kingdom and read scripture, it can feel like a, philo- philo- uh, a philosophical idea, right? It can be an out there like, oh yeah, the kingdom and it's happening is there. But we're talking about experiencing it here and together and now in a real visceral way. And um, I very recently had, yeah, a strong experience of, of kingdom community and what that looks like. So a few weeks ago, I was involved in uh, a serious car accident where I was driving somewhere in the morning and then uh, I went to make a turn and slowed down and the speed limit changed. The person behind me, for some reason or another, didn't see that the speed changed from 80 to 40 or that I was braking to turn and they just continued uh, and plowed into the back of me and shot me onto this yard so you can see my uh, tire tracks there and then right there next to that tree, that's me. Um, And so, yeah. It was a write-off, if you're wondering. Um, and yeah, thankfully, it was a situation where no one was uh, severely injured. I, like My back's a bit messed up in my arm, but um, I'm doing much better. But yeah, it was a really scary incident. And um, yeah, the next day, I uh, was not at... Uh, it was on a Saturday, so I wasn't here. And some people found out about it. And I was blown away by the experience of kingdom community. I had a people texting, just saying, we're praying for you, hope you're okay. People emailing gift cards. A friend came in like on his way home from church, was like, I'm dropping off food for you. Like, where can I drop it? And then we got to see each other. And then uh, Denise, my friend, uh, has a, a clinic and had just happened to have this, this pain cream uh, on her person. She was like, how do I get this to Mike? Okay, I'm going to give it to Laura because she lives in Milton, but Laura's not going to Milton today. So she's going to give it to Melissa and then Melissa's going to give it to Curtis and then Curtis is going to drop it off in my driveway. And so it was this beautiful <laughs> connection of like, we just want to bless this man and get what we need to him. And so, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. And like all of those, yeah, texts and support and uh, people on the team with me just wanting to be like, hey, what do you need? How do we give you a break? Um, so you can rest and heal. And it was wonderful to experience. Um, and as I experienced it and was kind of like in recovery mode and everything, um, I was also confronted with the challenge of being on the receiving end of care from other people. It was very humbling. And to be humbled, you first have to be proud. So I was confronted with my pride. That was like, I love like other people having needs and being able to jump in and support and say like, I'll pray for you. I'll come alongside you. What can we do? I'll try and like help other people surround you. That feels great. Being the person on the receiving end of that was, and I would have thought like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with that. But then when it was like, yeah, it was, it was vulnerable and it was intimate, like we talked about. And I was like, oh man, I'm like not wanting to accept this. And I'm 
not people are like are you going to take time off i was like well no not really like i don't want to i already felt like i was trying to catch up so I'll, I'll keep going and my pride like just wouldn't let me put it down and just say you can rest and you can recover so then a couple weeks later i got covid and then it was like okay now i'll rest god i got the message loud and clear um i'm not going to try and do all of this um, and then resting involved my family getting COVID and trying to care for kids while you have COVID, which that's a nice throwback, but it's still a thing evidently. Um, but, uh, yeah, then I was able to enter into that rest, but I really felt God being like, Hey, like receiving is good. Right. And, and I want you to receive. And as I was thinking about this message, it's, we all want to like Jimmy talked the other week about showing up and bringing your loaf and your fishes and just bringing your lunch. And like, that's enough. Right. And similar to this kingdom message is like whatever small thing you can bring, God's going to multiply it. Right. And he's going to use it and the spirit can just take it and make it whatever it needs to be. So I'm like, I like that. I like being able to bring what I have and my gifts and my passions and my resources and being able to offer that. But what I really sensed God saying was you also need to bring your lack you need to bring, you can't just always come with hands full of good things to offer to other people or your hands like this. You actually need to be able to receive, right? And for us to really be community, it means we have to bring our brokenness. We have to bring our past hurts. We have to bring our feeling of not enough, of unworthiness and be able to say like, this is me, right? It's, it's all the good stuff. It's all the stuff you see, but there's also a lot of stuff that I don't want to show people and that's me too. And if we can all bring that together and trust that with the Holy Spirit, that that's enough, that's me as like, okay, now we can, now we can get somewhere. Now we're, we're all humbled in a way. We're all surrendered in a way that God's like, okay, I can work with this. So that was the big takeaway for me. It's the kingdom is already here. And like we said, that's a hopeful message. We don't focus on the, the not yet. We focus on the already, like Jesus died so we can participate in this kingdom and we can be this to each other and we can do this together. And as we bring our loaf and fishes, as we bring our gifts, that's good, but we also bring our whole selves and that's where we can experience the healing and the intimacy and the vulnerability that allows us to be kingdom. And then we can share that, right? It'll, it'll be here with people in this room, but then it will, it'll ripple, it'll permeate the same way it does with the yeast. So what I would love to do as we, as kind of a, an engagement, an actionable thing, we're going to read a prayer together. It's called the Wesleyan Prayer of Surrender. And what I'd love for us to do is, as a, a physical representation of that surrender, is to start with our closed fists. Our closed fists that say, I, I have enough, and I, I even have enough to share, but I don't need any more. And that means I don't have to receive. But then as we read this prayer of surrender, uh, or I guess, yeah, before, if you're able, if you're still, if you're in that sense of like, I don't think I'm, I think God's telling me my fists are closed. Maybe I'm not able to open them or to hold them to receive. Um, whatever posture is appropriate for you, would love for us to take our clenched fists and then open them. And then I'll read this prayer. And I've adapted it so that because we're talking about kingdom community, not kingdom individuals, I've adapted it from I language to we language. So it can be something that we're praying corporately together. So let's close our fists. And if you're able, open your fists to receive and in a posture of surrender. God, we are no longer our own, but yours. 
Put us to what you will. Place us with whom you will. Put us to doing. Put us to suffering. Let us be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let us be full. Let us be empty. Let us have all things. Let us have nothing. We freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are ours and we are yours. So be it. And the covenant which we have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. And together we say, Amen. Amen.